0: Put time back on your side with LawPay, a payment solution designed specifically for legal professionals.
1: Tradition dictates that people have fun at holiday events, but many don't. And there are often many different opinions about what having fun entails. I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, I'm discussing how to approach the holidays in a healthy way with Lori Beston. She's the Executive Director of Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Lori.
2: Thank you so much, and absolutely thrilled and honored to be here with you today.
1: Thank you. So if you are tasked, at your uh, job with planning a holiday event or a client event. What are some things to think about to make the event enjoyable, not stressful for folks? I think there's definitely pieces of parties with work that really stress people out.
2: I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's a great question because I don't know that employers always think these things through. And I think it's important always to offer mocktails In addition to any other beverages, because usually the holidays are advertised where they romanticize alcohol and the glory, the glory of alcohol. And so I think it's important to offer alternatives to, you know, beverages, because there are sometimes alcoholic beverages. There are some folks that whether it's they're either in recovery or there are actually people that just don't drink. Who sometimes may not feel comfortable going to an event and having to either try to explain why they're not drinking, you know, or feel uncomfortable about not drinking and therefore miss an event because of that. So I think it's important when events are advertised to literally offer them as a holiday celebration and not so much focus on the alcoholic aspect to them.
1: Can you explain for listeners, maybe they're planning an event and they're not in recovery? What If you're in recovery, what are some things that kind of go through your mind or cause you anxiety before you have to go to a holiday work event?
2: I think for most people who are not out about their recovery, which are many people in the legal profession, while many people are very open about their recovery, some people are not it really is anxiety provoking as a person in recovery to think wow it's a happy hour holiday event everybody there is going to have alcohol in their hand maybe i shouldn't go what if what if somebody asks why and we actually receive you know at lcl a lot of calls people saying how do you handle the holidays as a person in recovery and still be able to show up You know and one of one of the you know tips i could suggest often when events offer alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages there are two different types of glasses alcohol gets a glass a sexy looking glass and non-alcohol usually i don't know if it's a solo cup or a a plastic cup and to make everybody feel comfortable the cups should be uniform whatever they are that way it gives people a comfort level knowing they're not going to need to explain what are you drinking? Why is your glass look different? And I think it's just an important, you know, thing when somebody is planning a holiday to take into consideration, not everybody there is going to be comfortable telling people why they're drinking, what they're drinking, and some people may not show up as a result of that.
1: And my take is too, if you're not drinking in an event, it's still really common for people to say, Oh, you're not drinking? Or oh, why aren't you drinking? Which seems weird. Because our culture has changed, and so there's many things we don't ask questions about, but that seems to be one that remains.
2: I absolutely agree with that, and I say to people, you know, who are newly sober and looking for, you know, the support from the lawyers' assistance groups. The truth is, you know, when I was newly sober and I was at a holiday events or weddings, people would say, "Oh, you're not drinking," and this is before I was very open about my recovery. And I tell people this all the time people actually don't really care if you're drinking as long as they can drink if they're drinkers. So when people say, you know, oh, you're not drinking, that person get, almost gets paralyzed and freezes and thinks, what should I say? You know, how am I going to explain this? But there are actually people that just simply don't drink alcohol because they don't like the taste of it. You know, yeah. so I think sometimes just not putting so much thought into that, you know, is probably a good way to go. I see. And I think
1: it's most events I've been to that are work related, you usually get like maybe one drink ticket, which seems like a way to keep people in check. Have you heard of many legal employers having holiday events that there's just not alcohol at the events? Because it seems like that would be the way things were done today. But I don't think that's common at all, at least not not in Chicago, that's for sure.
2: I absolutely agree with you. Almost any holiday event or party that I have been invited to since I've been sober over 18 years, I can't remember except if it was an AA event, any, you know, party ha- not having alcohol. And, you know, I've recently was at an, an event and they were giving out drink tickets. And I said, you know, obviously, I'm not going to drink alcohol. Is this good for soda also? And they were like, oh, you don't need a ticket for soda. So I said, you know, and then as feedback, I said, perhaps what they should do is you get, you know, X number of drink tickets, whether it's one or two. And that means whatever drink you want, that ticket covers that drink, whether it's alcohol or not alcohol. But I do agree with you that most employers do offer alcohol, like I said, it's like the sexy allure of the holidays. And I feel that employers would think if they do not offer alcohol, attendance might be low. Again, I'm just, you know, surmising that. I'm not sure, but I believe, you know, while alcohol has, you know, decreased as the focus of get-togethers and events, I do believe it is still very present. And I, as a person in recovery, I'm certainly not anti-alcohol at all. I'm just Mm -hmm. anti-alcohol for people like myself that has the disease of more and can't stop drinking, you know, but I just think when employers put these events together, they need to just realize, you know, just because somebody is planning an event doesn't mean every person there in attendance is going to have the same Carfax as them, and they just need to take into consideration the comfort level of all the people they're inviting to attend.
1: And I think too, there's a sense that well, if we don't at least have some alcohol, it might look like the event is cheap. Is there a way? What are some ways to tastefully have holiday events that don't involve alcohol? One year we had a party on each floor so that everybody brought in food, and there were themes on each floor, and that that was that was fun. But that that's not something you're going to do like at a big firm. I don't I don't think. <laughs>
2: Right. And I absolutely, I, yeah, no, and I, I agree with that. I mean, there are ways to have events, you know, and not make them look cheap and not offer alcohol. Quite frankly, mocktails could be almost as expensive as alcohol, you yeah. know, and I think possibly the presentation of a mocktail could be as sexy and alluring as an alcoholic beverage, You know, and there are other ways to have fun in a firm or a legal office environment that are not alcohol related, you know, whether it's a game day, you know, or a game night and you, you know, host an event like that, or you have like a cookie, you know, contest, something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, activities, we as legal professionals love being competitive, or if we don't love it, we certainly learn to love it in law school. So activities that have a competitive edge to them that are fun and they focus with intensity on who's going to win kind of takes the alcohol lure out of, you know, the focus and out of the situation. You know, I know this is not, you know, we're talking really the legal, you know, environment when we're talking about this. But I think, you know, I, as a person in a Peloton enthusiast, we'll put it that way, Peloton has an event on Thanksgiving, it's called the Turkey Burn. It's a live ride and thousands of people sign up to do this live ride from their own homes. And it's connected fitness and people high five each other. And that's also a way to celebrate holidays with other people where alcohol is not the focus. So, I I mean, I think there are a lot of ways to do that, whether it's a hike with your office, an outside event. You know, our staff for Halloween is having a door decorating contest. And apparently I'm the judge and this is happening soon. um, And they gave me all kinds of, you know, focuses to judge on. So I think there are a lot of ways to bring the team together, celebrate the holidays, and not make the focus alcohol, whether it is or is not present. Let's take that alcohol
1: question out of the picture for a moment. I think in addition to that, a lot of times these gatherings at work cause anxiety for people just generally, whether there's alcohol or not. And anxiety can be really hard to deal with and triggering and It comes up a lot during the holidays and maybe it's even more so now that we've all been, you know, holed up on our houses. Do you have advice on just dealing with that general anxiety that people might have, not related to any sort of addiction with a holiday party, but just kind of puts them in a spot where they just don't feel great and they don't, no one expects you, you don't have to enjoy it, but maybe you can help your anxiety a bit if you approach the parties in a certain way. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Absolutely. I think that, I mean, very much and almost everything I've ever learned, I learned in the rooms of recovery, in an uncomfortable situation, and the holidays are so stressful for so many of us because it's added expectations. You're pulled in 90 directions. You're invited to a million things. You want to make everybody happy, and you kind of get lost in the shuffle. And it's also you go from working in an environment to then being in a Party or celebration environment where you don't have a brief in front of you, and you're, I don't want to use the term forced, but you're in a situation where you're now speaking to people that you don't really have a social relationship with. Very much like us in recovery, when we go to holiday events, regardless of whether there's alcohol or not, it is always important to have an exit strategy. So, you know, as someone in recovery, if I'm going to an event, and I'll say even not an alcohol event, But an event where I'm not really sure if I'm going to know somebody, if I'm going to feel comfortable, if it's going to be a good environment, I will always drive myself. I will have a plan to leave. And I always communicate my boundaries to the best of my ability. So I will tell the host in advance, there's a chance because I was invited to something else that I may need to actually leave early. So that way, I set myself up for success either way. And that way, their expectations are not more than I can actually deliver.
1: That's really good advice. If you are someone who tends to get anxiety at the idea of a work party and just socializing in large groups for a long period, what do you think about skipping the work events? Or it, I, it, obviously, it depends on your workplace, but what do you think about that?
2: I think that's a great question because I think so many of us spend so much time in our head trying to make the right decision. And, you know, lose so much time that we could be spending doing other things, trying to make that exact decision. Again, something I learned in recovery, check your motives and ask yourself, why don't I want to go to this party? Oh, because if you know somebody is going and you're not comfortable around them, as long as your motives are clear to you, I think it's absolutely a personal decision. And it's okay to give yourself permission to not go. Um, Very much, you know, and I say this and sometimes this causes, you know, overload to my own life, but very much like a funeral, you know, we have one opportunity to show up. And I'm not saying because obviously the holidays come every year and many of us have been around for many years. But if it's important to you, you know, and your motives are clear and you can find a way to go that won't impact you, your mental health or anxiety, then you should find a way to go. But I think it's also absolutely fine and really self-care if your motives are clear and you're just not comfortable being in that environment with those people for whatever reason. It's a personal decision. And so often we're taught no is a full sentence. And I think that that's okay too. Just saying no without an explanation is perfectly fine.
1: Well, and do you think too on that end, maybe employers shouldn't, Expect their employees to come to these events. There, there shouldn't be that. I mean, you know, if you're a senior manager, then yeah, they probably want you there. But you know, if it's not for some people, this is just not their bag, and that that's okay.
2: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many of us that can sit down and bang out an amazing brief, or you know, draft a document that's so important, but put us in a setting with some of our colleagues, and it's just not our scene and we don't wanna be there, and that's okay. I think one of the most important things regarding the holidays is to honor ourselves. Like I said, we get so lost in trying to make everybody happy, whether it's employers, families, spouses, children, that we actually put ourselves last. And when we talk about what triggers anxiety, what triggers you know stress, the truth is we're actually the trigger because we need to just stop And decide, what do we want our holidays to look like? And it's okay to say no. You know, no is a form of self-care. But so many of us are worried, what if I say no? And the truth is, the party's going to go on either way. And that's okay.
1: I think that's a good point to stop. And let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, let's talk about the only thing you can really control during the holidays. And that's what you decide to do. We'll be right back.
0: LawPay, the leading legal payment processor, is excited to provide American Bar Association members with client credit, a buy now, pay later solution. With client credit, you can allow your clients to pay in small increments while you receive 100% of your invoiced amount upfront. LawPay offers transparent pricing and no contracts, so you can try it risk-free. Discover a better way to get paid at LawPay.com. And we're
1: back. I'm Stephanie Francis-Warren, And on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, we're talking about taking care of yourself during the holidays. My guest is Lori Bedson, the Executive Director of Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers of Pennsylvania. So, Lori, you have a long period of recovery and you change your traditional Thanksgiving plans with your family. And that's something you can control. They don't, you do. (laughs) Can you tell me about that?
2: Absolutely. Um, So actually 18 years ago around Thanksgiving, it was my 10th month incarcerated as a result of um, actions in my addiction and consequences. And it was Thanksgiving Day. And I remember, you know, all of the inmates were talking about, oh, it's such a special tray, it's turkey. And so we decided, you know, and I was looking forward to it. It was honestly the first Thanksgiving in five years that I even had an idea that it was Thanksgiving. And so when the trays came and they said, trays up, that's how they announced trays, all the doors were unlocked. Everybody grabbed a tray and sat down at the silver tables in the center of the unit. And I remember this woman, Tanya, she's still a friend in my life today, at the far end of the table said, I think it would be really nice if we all went around the table and everybody said something they were grateful for. 32 women in a pod Montgomery County Correctional Facility she started by the time the 32nd person spoke, there was not a dry eye on that unit, and that is not a soft place. And it was from that moment that I honestly learned the importance of gratitude and expressing gratitude. Um, that's probably one of the most beautiful moments of my entire life. And so, forward, you know, I'm released, I'm in recovery. I I spend Thanksgiving with my family, and very much like this podcast, I'll be honest, it was four hours of driving to be with my family. I had a lot of stress and anxiety preparing for it. Would I fit in? Would people ask me about alcohol? Would they not feel comfortable drinking around me? So it was never a comfortable situation, but I felt it was the right thing to do for me to show up and make everybody else happy. So year 11 years ago, I said, you know, how about we all go around the table and say something that we're grateful for? And there was kind of a pause. And one of the people in attendance was going through uh, chemotherapy. And his response was, I am not grateful for anything and I'm not doing this. His prerogative, of course. And so I decided at that point that I was going to change the tradition and give myself permission to. That instead of doing what I thought would make my family happy, I would start doing a day of service, literally a day of giving thanks and a day of service in the community. And so starting the following year and for the last 10 years, I start my day, you know, going to an AA gratitude meeting local to the Camp Hill, Pennsylvania area. I then volunteer four hours at a rescue where I walk dogs and clean kennels. This year, I lined up speaking at the Karen Treatment Center in Wernersville. That includes three hours of driving. And then I returned to present and bring an AA meeting to the Cumberland County Women's Prison um, in Pennsylvania. And while that day may sound exhausting to some, That day fills my soul like nothing I can explain. And I remember initially my family was like, you're doing what? You don't wanna be with us? And my response was, I have 364 days of the year that I can be with you. On this one day, it is really important that people in a treatment center and people in prison understand the meaning of paying it forward because I learned that in prison. And so that's what I do on Thanksgiving.
1: You kind of answered it, but I think I want more details. So how did you, it sounds like they, maybe they tried to, maybe not on purpose, but there was a little bit of trying to make you feel guilty for not being with them. And how did you deal with that yourself and get past that? Because guilt is a useless emotion, but it is hard to get past that because it still gets to us a lot, I think.
2: Absolutely. And my response, you know, initially when I, decided that I was going to start doing this, I thought to myself, how can my family argue a day of service? I mean, how can they even argue with me? But as much as I love my mom and, you know, she said, so you're just not going to show up to Thanksgiving. I'm going to go to your sisters just by myself. And my response was, you're welcome to join me. You're welcome to come and share our story with me at, you know, a, a rehab. You're welcome to do that you know, that this is so important and and she knows and my whole family knows that, you know, I can only keep what I have by giving it away. And so I don't want to say I fall back on AA as my excuse to not see my family, but it's kind of a win-win. I do love my family. That's that's not a terrible thing, right? Especially around the holidays, because it is win-win.
1: It's good to have more of the recovery meetings. And if your family drives you crazy in groups, Or maybe there's just one person in the group who drives you crazy. Yeah. I'm curious, do you ever bring your family with you to these uh, Thanksgiving events that you do now?
2: They have not attended these Thanksgiving events with me. However, my family, all of them at different points in my recovery have attended meetings with me, have shared, well, my mom has, has shared our story together nationally, on podcasts, whatever it is. Um, So they've had opportunities to be part of recovery with me and part of feeling the magic of paying it forward. And I will tell you, and my family are not folks in recovery, I seem to be the only one with this disease. And, you know, anytime that they've either attended an AA meeting or attended a gratitude meeting, when I was in Montgomery County, my mom did attend a Thanksgiving gratitude meeting, they always leave feeling the magic of the fellowship and saying, wow, it really feels good. And so it's it's a feeling you can't describe unless somebody actually walks through it and you don't have to be in recovery to experience that.
1: That's really lucky for you, That that's great. Let's take another break. And then when we come back, speaking of families, um, I am going to talk about the issue of comparing yourself and feeling like you need to live up to certain ideals, which can amplify during the holidays, I think, especially when we spend a lot of time together. All right, we'll be right back.
0: As you know, it's important to keep your voice down when you're inside a library, but it would be really annoying to talk like this all the time. So I'm happy to say that even though the APA Journal's Modern Law Library podcast discusses a new book with its author every episode, it doesn't take place inside a library so we don't whisper on the show. What a silly idea that would be. The Modern Law Library podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Follow along wherever you get your podcasts. Shh. And we're back.
1: I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, we are talking about self-care during the holidays. My guest is Lori Benson. She's the Executive Director of Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers of Pennsylvania. So we were talking about families, and you've said before in some of your materials that you came with a family where appearances were important, and what was the appearance on the outside of the house was different from the inside of the house, but I think is true for, for many of us. I also think during the holidays, we tend to get caught up in comparing ourselves to what others are doing. And that's certainly true with lawyers as well, too. And that's sadly, that's not just for the holidays. That's probably all the time. What's your advice about dealing with that during the holidays? Because it amplifies. It's this thing all the time, but it gets worse, I think, for many during the holidays.
2: Although I'm not anti-social media at all, I think that also, um, you know, exacerbates the issue. But as far as, yes, I mean, many of us did grow up in two story homes, just like I did, you know, and I think it's important that we realize that, you know, all of our parents and families, they all did their best and they offered us the support and focused on important things that they thought were important. And those lessons came down to them from their families, kind of like the way trauma is passed through a family. So are values, morals, and appearances. So, and I think, you know, often, you know, I felt the need to explain this away, whether I was sharing my story or explain, oh, when you meet my mom, just realize that dot, dot, dot. And I think it's a part of growth and part of, you know, being able to address the holidays and address this issue is to allow people to be exactly where they are without judging them, or feeling the need to correct or explain their behavior to other people you know and I think often again here in recovery what would I be where would I be with if I wasn't sober all of the lessons I learned are from sobriety but we learn often stay in your own lane you know we are responsible for our actions only and not the actions of other people and so showing up you know when i and i have brought people to family dinners in the past and i remember giving them the disclaimer and dissertation before we got there like expect this from this person and and sometimes this one drinks a little too much and i think just not writing stories in our head that are best selling novels that we start selling to people i think that's a good place to be and i think just staying in your own lane Worrying about your own behavior and not worrying about what everyone else is doing or feeling the need to explain anybody else's behavior. Everybody, including ourselves, we're all doing the best we can with what we have in our lives at this very moment. And I think it's important to remember that. Do you have tips on how to get to that point
1: where you're not you're letting everyone be who they are and just accepting them at face value?
2: I think creating boundaries is extremely important. Boundaries give us permission to say, yes, I'm going to attend that event, or you know what? No, I don't need to attend that event. So in me distancing myself from the Thanksgiving dinners that truly did not nourish my soul, they actually riddled my soul with anxiety, quite frankly, I have then created space where I get to pick and choose when and where I'm going to be around my family, which makes it easier for me to accept the behavior and how they are. And so I show up without projecting how the event is going to be. You know, and we say often our worst fears are rarely realized. And when we think about the holidays, we think, oh, my God, this one gets drunk. Oh, this one's always late. This one ruins dinner. They start fighting. What if you just showed up and didn't write the novel before you showed up? So I think literally just practicing this in anything we do, even a phone conversation. Sometimes you get a call. I see it's my dad. And I think, oh, God, what now? You know, and instead of saying, maybe he's just calling to say hello, you know, and instead of writing a story that hasn't happened, just allow the moment to be exactly what it is, and allow people to be exactly how they are without feeling the need to correct their behavior. You know, acceptance is a very, very difficult thing to do, accepting life on life's terms. It is difficult, but it's truly the only way to find serenity and happiness.
1: Well, and do you think on the other side of it, maybe if you are the family member that likes to have everyone come to your house for the holidays and someone doesn't come, it's not personal. Well, maybe it is, but that's okay. That if they don't like to come, that that's fine. And, you know, respect that and just move on and enjoy yourself with the people who do like to come to your party.
2: Absolutely. And I think kind of like if you're an attendee and you can't control the behavior of other people, whether if you're the host, you know, all you have to do is try your best. Your best is to host a holiday event, offer food and, you know, community and family, And if people show up, that's great. And if not, that's because they're somewhere else celebrating love and you should really be happy for them regardless of where they are, because they made a decision that honors them. So I think it's all about, I mean, the holidays literally jack up expectations, stress, trigger, obligations, you know, and as we go into the holidays, I think it's important before we start getting all those invites to think, what would I like my holidays to look like? Okay, I want them to be a day of service. Okay, well then create that. Who would I like to see during the holidays? Okay, we'll make a point to make that happen. You know, but by putting ourselves to the side and allowing all of these invitations and expectations without us communicating boundaries, that's a setup for failure, whether you drink or not.
1: Last question. If someone is interested in attending a meeting, not even just during the holidays, anytime. Where can they, what's a place to go to find them?
2: There are so many ways to find uh, meetings. There's aa.org. And then depending on what area you live in, if you just Google AA meetings um, and put in your town, you can find them. The great thing with Zoom meetings, although I'm not a fan of, you know, I personally could not have gotten sober on Zoom and stayed sober, but that's not Not the story of other people. Other people have done that. It's just the pull of the community support groups like AA is the fellowship, which is the magic of the of the recovery community. But I think it's important as the holidays come and people are in different cities. If you look up, if you even just Google AA Zoom meetings, you can jump into a meeting in Paris. I mean, there are meetings all over the world on the hour in every single possible language and it's so easy to find them and to jump into them. So, it's been it's very accessible and there are other community support groups besides AA. So, you there's Refuge Recovery, there's Smart Recovery. There are many ways to get through the holidays sober. You know, and do it through a sense of community. And all you have to do is Google recovery support meetings and you'll be able to find them.
1: And with recovery support meetings, you could also find meetings like Al Anon or something like that, too, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so important. You know, the holidays, as I mentioned, I mean, those of us in committed recovery, and that does not mean, you know, we're immune from relapse, it's a one day at a time program. But those of us in committed recovery have a plan for the holidays we know what meetings we're going to we know we have our sponsors contact our sponsor knows where we're going to be and that we may reach out to them we have exit strategies it is so important to stay close to the program because the holidays are a time of trigger yes they're beautiful i love the holidays but they are some there's so much added stress during the holidays folks that are I'll say not as committed to recovery or feel that being with family can replace being in the fellowship of whether it's AA or smart recovery or whatever it is and drift off from the meetings. That's where we hear in the rooms of recovery, I stopped going to meetings and therefore I one day sober. And so I just say that to give pause and thought that if someone is newly sober or considering sobriety Sticking close to your recovery routine is absolutely essential during the holidays.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today, Laurie. It was great to have you as a guest.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun, thank you. Of course, and
1: listeners, thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of the ABA Journals Asked and Answered.